Nothing, but it's kind of face. Well, those are your guys who I had a visit from this morning. They were my boys. might be Marquita Saad, but I don't swing like that. nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I would say that there's a slate of movies coming out, I think, this this year that are like abject. They're absolutely propaganda pieces because it's an election year. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons I don't really want to see Civil War, because I'm like, I see what hey, you're doing. Eh, as you long like as Civil War has a co-ed shower scene, we're good. And welcome, everyone, to the spoiler room. <laughs> it is the first... Look at that look. I love that look. It is the first day of the year, and what a way to kick off this year than with an episode of the spoiler room. So thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and celebrating a happy new year with me and the crew as we kick off a new year and yes folks uh we have a new year theme it's called rated pc for pre-code and based off of those films one each month i base a theme and uh yeah we spun the dial last week they got scarface the original 1932 which we will talk about next week but that sparked my brain and it gave me Scarred Faces Month, which is what we're here about. And we're talking uh, about films that have the word Scarface in them, which... And you found all five. And I found <laughs> all five. I was worried because I looked at it going, well, maybe I need to take a week off because I can only find four. And then I ran across the fifth one, which is the one we're talking about tonight. Um, <laughs> which is an alternate title. Which is an so, alternate title. It's not the title. But... So. But it, it was, works. It works. It was released in the States under this title. So it works. It works, mate. Um, and yes, we are looking at 1976, Mr. Scarface, or as it was known across the seas as Rulers of the City. And tonight 
We have a wonderful crew with me to discuss this 1976 Jack Pallets vehicle. <laughs> He's yes. back with us in the spoiler room once again from the last drive-in. It's another than Mr. Joe Randazzo. And I hey, can everyone. say you're from the last drive-in because you're... I mean, I can now. Now that yeah. technically I'm... I, I even put it on the uh, the thing here. Yeah. Now that it's out there, it's out there now. You're, 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 <laughs> they, they are paying me. You're, you so. are part of the staff, so therefore, you know. But <laughs> I'm not, not going to go out and say I'm hosting it. But. Well, no, not no. Yet, I mean, yet, yet. 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 Joe, Bob, and Darcy, watch out. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll be your Darcy. Uh, but... Well, you're already you're already a Joe, so you're halfway there. Yeah, you're halfway yes, there. I just need the Bob. You need Bob. That's right. <laughs> and also with us, you heard his dulcet tones, the man who keeps coming back for more. He is here uh, a lot, and I he hasn't run screaming, and I appreciate it quite a bit. It's other than Mr. Ian Simmons. Hello, Ian. Mark, how could I run away when we're kicking off 2024 with this movie? I was literally <laughs> astounded. I wanted to text you at like 4.30 in the morning when I was watching this saying, my God, this movie is phenomenal. It really is. <laughs> I don't know. This is one of those movies where I watch them like, why is this not at the top or at least somewhere on the tippy tongues of people who discuss movies? Because this is I, what? How? I, I've never seen this movie before either. Until never heard of I it. watched it and I read across it because the title had watched it yesterday. I watched the the one cut of it, which was the rulers of the city cut. And then I watched this morning the Mr. Scarface cut. And it was still wonderful the second time around. Like this movie is amazing. It's, it's bonkers, but it's so much fun. I, I went off my Raro video rulers of oh, the nice. city because because I've loved this movie for a couple years, <clears throat> and I was hoping I was as soon as I saw you were doing this, I'm like, oh my god, I hope I have the night off because sometimes I work on Mondays, sometimes I don't work on Mondays. So I was like, if 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 I'm off, I'm doing this one because nobody talks about this movie at all, and it's. It really is a solid, fun, uh, fun crime movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I was trying to I was trying to figure this out while I was watching it. Like, why don't they make movies like this anymore? I mean, forget about the fact that it's an Italian film. Like, you could remake this movie. You know, people talk about remakes and how they're done to death. I always figure, I think we've talked about this, remake bad movies and make them good yeah. or dig up an obscure film that maybe not a lot of people know about and kind of Tarantino it, bring it to the masses in some form or another, either by a remake or, or an homage. This movie is, is brilliant. And even though like at the end you realize, Oh, it's kind of a lighthearted gangster film. <laughs> it's it's it the biggest contradiction, but the whole time I'm sitting there waiting for this to get like really dark and fucked up. And it does go those places. But it ends with three best friends driving off in a sunset in the coolest motherfucking car I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Puma GT. What is this car? I loved it. I, I I watched it and I was just smiling. I'm like, oh my god, this this movie's amazing. When you get okay, before we get into it, we should tell folks a little bit about what this movie's about. Joe, since you got the box or whatnot, I don't know how yeah, long you want the to do description that? You want me to read is. Off the box? Yeah, yeah, read off the box. <laughs> If you can. Wait, oh, I gotta right. ask though, is that a is that a Blu-ray or is that a DVD or what? I thought Where I had I the Blu-ray. Apparently I bought the Fernando de Leo box set on uh, the volume two I bought on Blu-ray, volume one apparently I bought on DVD and I just never replaced it. Yeah. Oh well. It still looks amazing. Uh, um 
The paradox of rulers of the city, or Mr. Scarface, as we're going to refer to it tonight, is that the rulers are small-time crooks and suburban gangsters who barely manage to make ends meet. But that's what makes the film so real and accurate, and perhaps why, why Quentin Tarantino calls the rulers of the city the pivotal force behind his decision to be a filmmaker. So there you go. Wow, Tarantino does love this go. movie. In the film, Tony is a mob loan co uh, collector who's unsatisfied with his position in life and constantly dreams of living it rich in Brazil with his brother, well, cousin, according cousin, to the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, to make some quick cash, Tony joins forces of organized crime, making his way up the ladder. Together with Napoli, another mob enforcer, Tony hatches a plan to con mob boss Manzari, a.k.a. Mr. Scarface, Jack Palance, out of a fortune, but Manzari isn't about to let that happen. <laughs> Wow, they don't even bring they don't even bring up the other subplot in here that opens this film for Grand Maybe maybe that's a little too spoilery. Well, we're, this mean, is I mean, the spoiler room. No, so when you see it, when you see it happen, and then you see you see the kids going through, you, you, you see you know yeah. It cuts them being part of the lifestyle. You know that in the end, it's going to be revealed that it's one of the, you know it's the father of one of the kids that Jack Palance killed. Uh, but yeah, it's it, that's Al Cleaver um, uh, from uh, uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie and yeah. a whole bunch of great movies. So yeah, this has a kind of a fun pedigree cast. I, I don't know how they lured Jack Palance into this because they clearly didn't have a lot of money. Whatever the whatever money they had, they spent on uh, they spent on Palance. Um, but yeah, it is such a it's just a fun pulpy crime thriller with some great stunts. Like they got actual like uh, I was watching um, on the DVD. I was watching the uh, uh, the extras. There was a there's a, a 15 minute documentary from Nocturno Cinema on it, um, and they're talking about how they hired like actual like Italian motocross champions to to come in and do those scenes at the slaughterhouse. So I was like, it shows, man. They they put some effort into these things. I, it's why I love like these like seventies Italian crime movies. They're they're all a lot of fun, um, you know, varying in quality, but they always have like excellent stunt work, just creative kills, um, just and they always have like like one big American actor, like one big American star <laughs> in the movie. Like it'll, it'll be Jack Palance or, or Van Heflin or or you know whoever they could dig up that, that I have seen in the past, I'd seen, um, I don't remember if I read this in, in, in one of, in one of the Italian horror books I have, or if I've seen it in interviews where they would, they would be like, uh, we, we want to make a movie. Let's lure Richard Johnson over here by giving him by being like, no, bring your whole family. <laughs> they'll, they'll be going out on tour while you're, while you're filming your couple of scenes here. That's how they get them over there. They're like, no, you're going to have this great Mediterranean vacation. And then we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to shoot on a couple of days. No big deal. And then that's how they do it. They, they, they managed to get, you know, all these major stars over there for like one or two movies. But man, that's, that's not just the, that's not just the Italians. I, I interviewed Eric Roberts a, a few years ago, and he was talking about like all these weird little independent movies he does. And it's like because, yeah, people fly him and his wife out to go like all these different places for like a vacation. He just has to go and show up for work for a couple of days out of, you know, eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great gig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, but no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sir. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna make a joke about yeah when you when you get to the point where your name is that valuable that people will be like let us pay you to put to, to take you on vacation take it why not <laughs> right. go ahead Ian well I was gonna say um you know Ed uh, it was Edmund Purdom 
plays Luigi, who's the boss that Tony starts out working for. Yeah. And he was in a movie I talked about a couple weeks ago, Pieces, from 1983. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's he one of the detectives. The creepy Dean. Um, no, no, he's the Dean. That's, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. But in this movie, he's, you know, obviously a few years younger. Um, he plays like a sympathetic mobster. He's kind of one of those guys that's just on the brink of having, as we see, his second in command just like take over everything from him because he's kind of like, you know, not completely wishy washy. He still has charisma, but he's not, he doesn't have that cutthroat kind of instinct that certainly Scarface has. But I was thinking about pieces watching the opening of this movie. It's so surreal, this slow motion dream sequence which turns out to be a flashback of jack palance and this other guy like walking into this bedroom coming in from a completely white light yeah uh and then there's there's a betrayal there's kind of gunplay there's a little boy who gets up and tries to attack jack palance after jack palance kills his father uh and then there's you know a counterattack, and then we cut kind of cut to present day and it's this kind of swinging 70s tooling around <laughs> italy you know yep. winking at girls i the biggest crime i think this movie commits is there's some sequences where tony's walking through the city and there's all these like beautiful you know voluptuous italian women walking by and there's credits plastered all over the screen i'm like get out of the way <laughs> oh, it, okay, I, i'm weird. like i just you know looking at it i can see now though now that you mentioned tarantino you know what how this made him want to make movies because you look at this going if this was in america that would at that time that would have been johnny travolta walking down the street oh, looking yeah. at the ladies do it do it as strut you know and they pull they pull it what's interesting with that sequence is they pull a what i call the um uh, uh sixth sense angle to where we see the kid the kid the gun's empty. He tried to off, you know, Mr. Scarface for killing his dad, whatever. And then he, Mr. Scarface knocks the kid out. And then we cut to seeing Tony almost implying, if you go cinematic-wise, that maybe Tony is the kid that suffered this trauma. And, you know, it, 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 and it's not until later when we find out that, no, no, it's this completely other second character yeah. that... <laughs> Shows well, up. it's also because that kid in the flashback had uh, like dark hair. Yeah, he dark had dark hair. hair. Yeah, you kind of think think the same thing. Um, but no, the the reason I thought of uh, pieces not mm -hmm. only because uh, Evan Purden shows up, but yeah, there's also a similar quality to that opening where it's mm -hmm. like this really yeah. you know the kid's kind of slow like slow mo hacking yeah. his mom into pieces, um, and the <laughs> weird music and everything. Not that these things are related, but it just it does kind of create this weird continuity where it's like you can almost watch these as a double feature because pieces is also another, for lack of a better term, fun, weird slasher movie. You could watch with this fun, weird gangster movie, you know, both <laughs> Italian productions, I think. Wow. Uh, pieces was uh, Italian and Spanish, I think, because the director yeah. was uh, uh, Juan Piquer Simon, who's, I think, Spanish. Mm. So, yeah, but but still the very European flavored for both of them. Yes, it is. And it's it, delicious. It is. And, <laughs> it really is. And These are amazing. Th this film got me the minute Tony the Enforcer. And that's the one thing, yeah, I love is the fact that you think with Jack Palance in it, okay, he's going to be playing like some kind of Don Corleone type of gangster. And no, these are all street-level gangsters, just various levels of street-level gangsters to where, you know, Jack Palance's Scarface uh, Manzari He's the upper dog of the lower 
yeah. organized guys. I mean, he's not exactly because he freaks out the minute that uh, because Tony comes up with this idea because there's this this wonderful gangster thing where there's a, a a gambling house and Manzari comes up and they make play one hand and, <laughs> and he loses his money, but he asks the house if he could write a check. For three million lira, uh, or depending on uh, uh, which translation, if you watch the actual Mister Scarface edition the, with the dubbing, it's just three. It's three million. They don't say what denomination, but right. It's and that's the thing is like, it is lira because, well, first of all, these low level hoods can't deal in three million dollars. But also, I was in Italy back in '98. Mm-hmm. And I cashed in twenty bucks at a currency exchange, and I got sixty-four thousand lira. And I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> this isn't real money." So I don't know what the conversion rate would was back in you know seventy-six. Yeah, but three it, million is not probably, as impressive. It's like like five thousand dollars. I don't know, but yeah, it's that, that's what I was gonna say. It's probably like ten grand, maybe at the most. So that ten, uh, yeah, yeah, that ten million lira that he takes is going. You know, it's gonna yeah. be. <laughs> Life alter, life altering enough that he thinks he can go to Brazil <laughs> with it, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's uh, and that 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 plot is, <laughs> it's I don't know how they thought that that would work, but whatever, man. No, I like I liked it because while it <laughs> while it, if you thought a little too hard about it, you're like, wait, what? On the other hand, it plays the whole gangster trope of how he's such at a status that he writes a check for 3 million lira that he knows no one's going to be brave enough to cash. So he's basically taking 3 million lira from the poker den, stealing it, but doing it in such a way Mm -hmm. that it seems on the up and up until until you see that next day when Tony and the rest of his gang are like, what the fuck are we going to do with this check? I'm not cashing it. And then Tony's like, oh, I'll cash it. And then he does it. Instead, he comes up with this whole tax evasion scenario with an actor, which is how you know Jack Palance's Scarface is a lower-level thug because he freaks the minute that this guy shows up, even though it's Tony and an actor, acting like they're these these representatives. Because he's on the phone. like He's, he's not yeah. even in the same place. It's his, uh, it's his henchman who tips him off he calls him right. on the phone it's like yeah hey the uh the financial police are here rifling through your stuff and he's like oh just uh slip some money in a folder and give it to him see if the bribe will work and there's that great negotiation between this henchman and tony who's in disguise because no one knows really what he looks like uh, he's like so how much should we bribe him i, I don't know why are you talking about bribes i would just <laughs> you know <laughs> um but it's it's a great it's a great scenario because it reminds me of so much of this movie reminds me of like the next evolution of those Ocean's Eleven George Clooney movies could have been. This could have been like an offshoot of that. Uh, It's like Ocean's Eleven meets Goodfellas or something. Um, Or no, probably more like, um, oh my gosh, what is the Chaz Palminteri movie with Robert De Niro? A Bronx Bronx Tale. Tale. A Bronx Tale crossed with Ocean's Eleven. Because that was more about like low level, you know, kind of street crime, not necessarily the mafia writ large. Um, Yeah, such a... Uh, so, I want to watch this movie again, like tonight. So, <laughs> but I gotta go to bed. It's like ten grand. The three million, the the three uh, no, uh, the ten million lira that they took is 
uh, approximately, I would say, ten close to ten grand because uh, eight hundred and sixty-five lira equaled one dollar in the U.S. in nineteen seventy-six. Okay. So, the three million lira that he writes a check for was about thirty-five hundred dollars. Yeah. Which is which you in know seventy-six. You know, well, also, I mean, the, the gambling hall they were in, it's like, yeah. you know, these low rent pool tables and you know, yeah. it wasn't like this crazy big underground operation. It was, you know, pretty low rent. Um, but, yeah, I just I love the 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 feel of this this environment and the distinction between the, the, the gangs, because you've got Luigi's gang that Tony starts out working for. They're always like hanging around in shirts. One guy had a Chicago Blackhawks like <laughs> T-shirt on for some reason. Um, but then you've got. Manzi, uh, Manzari, the Scarface yeah. gang, they're all in suits, suits. and you, you get the feeling they've got a reputation amongst some of the other lower class you know, gang members and you see that reputation earned in the great scene where they bust into uh, Scarface isn't with them at this point, but he sends people into the pool hall mm-hmm. and they just like, all these guys in suits just start like mowing through <laughs> the different levels of this this underground scheme yeah. not shooting people or anything like that i mean there are guns drawn but they're just like swinging fists and throwing people across the room and literally like bulldozing through these gangsters it's so impressive uh yeah it, and it it says a lot without saying anything yeah they could have easily had them show up a la you know godfather and just tommy gun the whole place and tommy but but no they go and shout out to the delivery guys they picked on the delivery guys those guys weren't doing shit they were just unloading fruit and those gangsters came up and popped them both in the back of the head with their fists i'm like come on they weren't doing any they're just delivery guys they aren't even probably working for tony for uh you know for luigi and you're gonna you're gonna hit them and and then I look, there's some humor. It's almost not exactly satirical of the gang lifestyle, but it is kind of because you get when they're mowing through it and, and Menzari's guys are busting through the pool hall. They throw a guy through one window and it's literally like top secret gimmick. They pick him up <laughs> and then throw him through the other window because that one wasn't broken. <laughs> Uh, speaking of windows, uh, was Tony's skin made out of adamantium? Because that bit later on where he's uh, jumping through the window of the safe house, he's in a T-shirt and jeans. And the jeans have a patch on the ass. I don't know what that's all about. But he comes through the window, falls down into the glass that is it is just shattered, and then starts like swinging and taking out these other people. But he jumps up. He's like, oh, I don't have a scratch on me. How? He so mentions strange. how he's got glass. He's 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 got glass in his mouth or whatnot or something. He drops some kind of line about. It's just yeah, glass. just show him how, show up what a badass he is. You know that's it. Because I mean, yeah, it, it's also you know he's the only one not afraid of the gangsters. Everybody else is afraid of. Like yeah. you guys said, they, he passed a bad check, knowing one, you probably won't cash it. Two, if it does, it bounces. And what are you going to do about it when it does? Right. Yeah. You're like how we're going to get our money back. So yeah, he, it's just, yeah, you just show him what a badass he is. Uh, by the way, $3,500 in 1976 is the equivalent of about 19,000 now. Oh, so yeah. Okay. So, so we're talking yeah. like when they ripped them off for that, they walked out of there like 60 grand or so. Yeah. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. over 60 grand. So that's enough to like so get away and start a new life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not enough to like, you'd have to. what's yeah. that? 
which you'd have to, yeah. you know, pulling off that kind of a stunt. Yeah, um, you ha- disappearing into Brazil is the best thing you could do at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, you know, Harry Bear is the name of the guy who plays our Tony, which is just the, the best name ever. But I, I kept thinking, like, this guy looks like the love child of a young Al Pacino and a young Thomas Jane. And I couldn't get that out of my, yeah. face, my, out of my yeah. head the entire film like this. I don't know if he's a huge superstar over in Italy or whatever, but I'm like, why haven't I seen a hundred movies with this guy? He's amazing. Yeah, I don't know if he if he was. I think I've seen him in a couple of movies, but I don't think he was like a major star. Well, um, I, I will say this during that shootout um, at the end. Uh, um, oh no, this is the only film I've seen him in. So I must have seen other guys who looked like him. Um, that shootout at the end of the movie. Um, apparently, a blank went off in his eye. So they had to stop uh, yeah. they had to stop production for a couple of weeks because, like his his eyeball, <laughs> he needed to get he damaged. Up. It, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blanks can still do damage. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, if you pop one off close enough to somebody's eye and it goes in in their eyes, it will it'll the, fuck them up. The the, the oh. cast, the characters, and everything in this environment and the energy of this film regardless of which cut you watch, is amazing. I mean, we got our Tony guy who shows up. He's doing the, the, the Travolta strut from, you know, staying alive or whatever, <laughs> you know, down the road. And he's on his way to do a, uh, a racket, you know, a, a protection thing, which isn't much money. I mean, we're talking really low money, but he still hits up this guy for money. And this is where the film immediately had me. I'm like, okay, they're doing this kind of fun 70s opening. He kind of had this surreal thing. We got to see Jack Palance right away. Yay, he's not just here for a gimmick. Well, I mean, he is, but at least he's got more screen time than... And then he shows up, and the minute they start fighting, they have kung fu theater sound effects while they're fighting. And the minute that started, I'm like, Okay, this is it. <laughs> they, they, they don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, they don't record sound on set in Italy. I don't know if they do today, but they, they didn't in the seventies. He literally was. And I'm, I'm just like, great. It's beautiful. Oh, the, the, just the great you know perspective shots of like the close ups of Tony like throwing a punch. I mean, it's all very like comic booky. I want to point something out, Mark. The 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 kind of Saturday Night Fever strut that we were yeah. talking about. This movie came out a year before. Saturday Night Fever. Oh, so I think John Travolta owes Harry Bear a great <laughs> set of gratitude. <laughs> he very well might be. He very well. Hey, wait, wait. Be. Wasn't wasn't his character in Saturday Night Fever? Was it Tony Minero? It was also Tony. It was yeah. Tony. Oh, not, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Rulers of the city is the key to all cinema. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Brian De Palma and Oliver Stone were chilling out, going, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> You know, we could just elevate this to the next level. Absolutely. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, also, in the documentary that I that I watched, uh, they said Al, um, Al Cleaver said that he, he enjoyed working for the director, Fernando DeLeo, mm-hmm. who is a um, – I have a bunch of his movies because he is one of those directors in Italy that was just – his movies are gems, whether whether he's making a horror movie or a sexploitation movie or uh, a crime movie. He made a lot of these Italian crime movies. Uh, they always have a fun, weird energy. He did make um, um I, I don't know how to properly describe this movie because it's kind of a sex comedy. But then it's depending on which cut you watch, it becomes a horror film or it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> He made a he made a sex comedy called Bean Twenty. That that is the translation of the, yeah. the title. 
uh, in English speaking places. <laughs> in the United States, it cuts out these these young girls go into this very small conservative town and they're very promiscuous young girls like showing off flesh, like sleeping around, like teasing guys and making them think they're going to sleep with them. Um, and, you know, the whole thing plays out like a sex comedy until the last 20 minutes where all the guys in the where if you watch the American version, it ends. If you watch the Italian version, everybody gets together and lynches them. What? <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> wow so yeah it is it That's is kind uh... of wild. i haven't seen i haven't seen either version in a little while so i don't remember where exactly the cut happens but i but i remember reading about it reading that that's what happens and i was like i need to find this wow. um and the video i need Google to find a pen so i can write this down being um, 20 yeah, uh, being twenty, I think it's still available on Blu-ray. I think the Blu-ray has both cuts because it you better. have to. <laughs> you have yeah. to have both cuts for that. I think actually, I, I think I actually read about it in an interview with Eli Roth, where he was talking about like his favorite, uh, like his favorite movies. Oh, to be twenty. Oh, to be twenty. Yeah, it's to be twenty because our guy who plays uh, the older uh, old OG gangster in this was in that as well yep so uh <laughs> oh okay oh man it looks like the blu-ray is sadly out of print vittorio caprioli plays one of my oh. favorite characters from the 70s now he became one of my favorite at least crime characters of the 70s good old napoli <laughs> napoli is this old school gangster Who's hanging around because, you know, he's he's a little old to pull off jobs anymore, but they keep him around because, you know, he's got respect and he and he he made a name for himself in the old days. This guy is hilarious. I loved every scene that we got with Napoli. Especially that scene he gets where he trades back and forth with uh Scarface. He's fantastic. He, he I, I don't know why they decided to play him a little camp. I don't understand that choice. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got, I don't know if this is coded or what, but he's like constantly wearing this like pink neck scarf and everything. And uh, I don't <laughs> know if that was just like, he likes pink, but I, maybe it's just because of, you know, growing up on, on American movies. That's, that's usually coded to mean a certain thing, but there was nothing like flamboyant about him necessarily, but he is, he's a great character. That scene where, and yes, we, this is a spoiler room, so I can talk about it. Um, it's the it was the result of the scene that I was talking about where Tony jumps through that window and like kills a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. uh, Scarface finds out where or he gets a bead on where Tony is hiding out with his other two friends, including Napoli, their safe house, sends three guys out there to kill them. Um, Napoli kind of lures them into this house and Tony and his other friend are waiting outside. Uh, all three of these hitmen get whacked in spectacular fashion. Yes. Napoleon stuffs their bodies into the back of this car, drives the car to Scarface's office and parks it there and calls him on the phone and says, yeah, look down the street. You see that car? Your men are inside. And then we find out Napoleon is making this phone call from directly across the street. <laughs> right by the car. When his second in command goes down and like opens up the trunk of the car, Napoleon is literally like 10 feet away in a phone booth, like <laughs> laughing his ass off. I'm like, oh no. 
Napoleon's a badass. I loved that. I loved it. And I loved the fact. He gives him like the little like up you uh, from the from the street. Yeah. Well, I loved that whole scene because he talks about how it it, it's the car that belonged to the three guys that are dead in the trunk, and he parked it awkwardly, which means the cops will come and take a look at it. So this guy knows his business. Napoli may seem like he's soft, but he knows his shit because he literally. Well, I mean, he's the old school gangster. He's the one that they kept around because he's the guy from the old times who can tell us how everything went. Because right in the beginning of the movie, when they call him into the room and he comes in and yeah, he 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 doesn't look like a badass. But he's like, you know, back in my day, this is the way we did things. But back in my day, we didn't have uh, we didn't have somebody like Scarface. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting because there is that that bridge of the three generations because Luigi respects Napoli's point of view because Napoli is older. Luigi is older than a lot of the guys working for him. There's that one younger hood with Beppe. the mustache. Yeah. yeah, yeah, talking about who does the younger guys are all kind of annoyed by Napoli because he's just this old guy who keeps talking about the old days <laughs> and he's out of touch and you know he he's the guy that doesn't understand TikTok. Um, you know, put it in modern parlance. Um, but yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Um, so, but it's it's not like a major thread. It's just this these little background details that make this movie feel so real and and vibrant. Even though he ends up becoming, in some ways, a cartoon character, he's also a complete badass. That climactic scene in the slaughterhouse. Which, let me just pull over a second. I'm glad this movie is called Rulers of the City because Mr. Scarface is a dishonest title. Jack Palance isn't in this movie that much. No. I mean, his character is sort of a catalyst for some of the events that that happen. But you go in thinking this is going to be a movie about this gangster, and it's not. It's about the kid who's kind of trying to take him on. So when Scarface dies, there's still 20 minutes left <laughs> over of, like, chases <laughs> And awesome gunplay and amazing, as you mentioned, Joe, like motocross action. And a shotgun but... that acts like a rocket launcher towards cars. <laughs> but, okay, when Napoli uh, gets into that that kind of that situation where Tony is, um, I think it was Tony. Yeah. Or maybe it was the blonde guy. It was the blonde guy, shooting... Rick. Yeah. Okay, Rick was shooting at the, the, the last henchman alive who's like hiding behind this cabinet. Napoli comes up at this other angle and he's like making some reference to pool and he's like gonna he ricochets the bullet off of this meter and then kills the other guy I'm like what the hell is he talking about pool oh my god it's a pool trick shot using it using a, a, a pistol well, a pistol that didn't work for him for like the for, for the previous 10 minutes it's a that, great payoff there's that hilarious scene where he literally is in the bushes and he's like 15 feet away from one of the bad guys and he's trying to shoot him and the guy is turning left and right and left because the bullets are hitting on either side and Napoli's he's like what the hell's wrong with this gun <laughs> see i i didn't understand what was going on until after that scene was just about over because yeah. when the guy kept like moving to the left and the right i thought he was getting shot like yeah, yeah. hit and like oh Oh, but yeah. it turns out it's just like going above and around. Like I expected him to move away and there'd be like a like a Bugs Bunny style like series of bullets outlining his body. Oh, so but, good. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the everything about this film is just so much fun. I mean, even when it gets dark, even when Beppe offs Luigi, but he doesn't admit to offing Luigi. 
But everybody figures Beppe lost. <laughs> I love yeah, that he, he he left town for an, an undetermined amount of time. And everything over the gang. The actor yeah. gets killed when they get to the actor. Yeah. He's on stage performing. He gives his bow oh, at yeah. that very moment with a silencer bang right in the top of the head. <laughs> well, that's what was funny. I was watching it because yeah, folks. Uh, 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 Scarface's buddies, once they realized that they were ripped off for $10 million, they go about looking into who did it. They find Tony and they track it down to the actor. And yeah, they wait till the actor takes a bow before they shoot him. And you, I mean, it's 70s, they're on low budget, so they don't show it. But you know, they shot him in the top of his head because he just falls yeah. flat. Yeah, he takes a bow and he just falls flat on his face. It's great. And people are applauding. Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like it was part of the act or something. Like they think it's part of a shtick. Yeah, it's just, oh, that's what a great bow. <laughs> It, it, am I am I the only one out of this group whose heart stopped when Luigi bought it? I did not see because it happened so quickly and it's done in such brilliant close-ups of the two actors that you don't. I don't even think you really see the gun. You see like the action of like something moving quickly and all of a sudden Luigi's got a bullet in his head. Yep. Like that, I was not expecting that. Oh yeah, it was a brutal kill. It was like suddenly you get these brutal moments, these regular gang like reminded you, hey, by the way, folks, this is a gangster movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very little Caesar when you think of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you have the, I mean, except the movie isn't about who, right. uh, what, what is the guy's name? Beppo, the the second. Beppe, yeah, Beppe. Beppe, Beppe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, except you don't. Yeah, I don't think they build it up as much as like mm -hmm. when 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 uh, little Caesar turns on uh, Stanley Fields. In uh, in Little Caesar, but it's it's there. It kind of feels like that, like they, like maybe they were trying to mimic that a little bit. Yeah, it, it, and I just, but I just love that how he plays it off. Like, yeah, Luigi's out of town for a, an amount of, and Manzari knows, and everybody knows that Pepe. What the fuck are you talking about? You killed Luigi. We all know you killed Luigi. <laughs> I, well, I also I also love that scene in the beginning where they're like. How could you? How could you take a check for for uh, from him for three million? Well, who the fuck's gonna stop him? <laughs> <laughs> the toughest gang, the toughest gangster in town, who will kill you. Are you gonna say no to him? Uh, yeah, yes, sir. I will take the check and uh, give it yeah, to my boss, go. sir. Well, let's talk about Rick for a second. Yeah. Who, who I mean, he's another celebrity lookalike. He reminded me of Bill Fagerbake, the uh, the guy from Wings, and he was in yeah, the yeah. stand. Uh -huh. No, M O O N. That spells M -O -N, moon. M O N. That spells moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, we first meet him. He's in, uh, you know, Luigi's pool hall. He he feels like he got ripped off and scammed, and I think he did, and that's why mm -hmm. Scarface comes in later to kind of see what what's going on. Right, and the the guy narrowly avoids like the illusion. Uh, the I, I I was kind of fuzzy on what exactly I was watching. I probably have to watch the movie again, but it seemed like they were able to make it look like there wasn't cheating going on to the point where Scarface was sort of embarrassed when he left. He had the kid, you know, roughed up and right. said, you know, you can't be a part of my gang if you're just going to be, you know, taken for a sucker or something like that. Yeah. I thought that was the last we were going to see of this character. No, he turns out to be the second lead in Tony's little gang and an integral part of the movie. You know, he's the guy who's taken over the motorbike at the end of the great slaughterhouse scene. I love it when movies fool me into thinking that this nothing character is just going to go away. And it turns out they're some of those most important people in all of the story. And that's cool. definitely what we got here. 
Well, yeah, he because he's the book end of the story. I mean, yeah, spoiler room, folks. But he, we but we don't but we, but we don't, don't know, know that, this, right? right? We uh, we're still under the assumption that that kid in the opening move uh, is probably, the opening of the movie. To your point, Mark, is probably Tony. You know the what when we first meet Rick, there's nothing to suggest that he's going to be anybody except the guy who was meant to be an example of why you don't fuck with Scarface's gang, right? Exactly. It's around the middle of the movie that. Uh, that he tells, um, uh, yeah, uh, my God, uh, Rick, Rick is the blonde, and Tony, he tells Tony the story. And man, where was, where was I going with this? I just lost track of. Well, Nap- Napoli shows him the names. paper. He he doesn't even Rick doesn't even confess. Uh, it, it Napoli finds the newspaper with the article. He goes, "Hey, look at this," and the guy's like, "What? You bet on something?" He's like, "No, no, not the horses. This this article right here." And that's where they find out. And Rick's like, oh, yeah, you guys know. Well, you don't have to stay if you don't want to, but I'm going to kill this fucker. So, <laughs> I mean, that was the, I mean, it seems like I, 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 I want, you know, did they, did they make it clear that it was Tony's plan or, or because it seems it was to me that Rick's, it plan. Rick's plan to, it rip, was, to rip them off. It was, it was they, Tony's plan to take the 10 million. It ended up being Rick's plan to yeah. lure Scarface with this Coke deal with thing. With the Coke yeah. deal thing. Yeah. And I I watched this early in the morning. So my recollection was we got the revelation of the newspaper where he's like, no, right. don't look at the horse, look at the story. But there was no my understanding was there was no connection for the audience that Rick was the little boy in the beginning until Scarface walks into that room in the slaughterhouse and there's that kind of reveal which I think was great because you see there's something about Jack Palance when he walks into that room. It's almost like Superman seeing kryptonite in that, that lead case in, uh, in Lex <laughs> Luthor's lair. He's like, oh, I feel sick. Like, I know now I know what this is all about, and I'm kind of in trouble here. We might have a difference here because uh, which version did you watch? I That's the thing. I know you guys were tossing around, like, the different versions and stuff right before we got on. Um, did you yeah, watch, did you watch the version that I sent you the sent the posted the link on or that's the thing is I just I know that you sent the link to it right. but I ended up just like looking at you know YouTube because mm-hmm. I was half out of my mind I think I forgot that you had sent the so link they might have cut it differently on the US version because in my version uh he he said he flat out tells them about 40 minutes into the movie that uh that Jack Palance killed his father. How how long I, is I, your, I your version? Cut it in as like a flashback how, at the very end to connect it. How long is your version, Joe? Uh, mine is listed at ninety six minutes. There you go. There's the additional footage that the ninety three minute version that I watched mm. last night. Maybe that's cut. Did from not from, have yeah. that. I in watched there. the. Mine was ninety three minutes yeah, as well. That, yeah. And then the eighty nine minute version, which I watched earlier today, just before the show, to compare, which I got a bunch of notes of differences. Um, it, it's missing uh, a chunk of that it, as well. What's interesting of watching Mister Scarface, which is the American cut, the eighty nine ver- uh, minute version, and the ninety three minute version, which is the. Uh, one version that's on YouTube, the rulers of the city is that the, the Mr. Scarface one, everybody's dubbed except Jack Palance. Yeah. And in, in the other version, rulers of the city, everybody's not dubbed except Jack Palance. <laughs> 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 well, well, was your version in Italian? 
Huh? Yeah. The rules of the city version that you watch is in Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all Italian actors except for Jack Pounce. And yeah. 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 It was just hilarious to watch the two and get the difference to where all of a sudden Jack and I'm like, oh, that's Jack's normal voice. Oh, everybody else. Yeah. They dubbed them. But, <laughs> but uh, that's the difference between the 93 and the 96 minute version then is because that has dialogue and that's cut from the 93 minute version, which I saw. And obviously cut from the 89 vision. Now, comparing the two, uh, a lot of the cuts for the American version, go figure, are just the more salacious things or things for time. So mm. uh, just the things that I remembered from watching it last night, I my brain kind of remembered everything. The opening in the uh, Italian in Rulers of the City is longer. They cut the pool hall scene uh, where we had Tony walking through the pool hall, talking to everybody and say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you do-? They cut that. They cut right to him in Luigi's office. Oh. So they cut him going through the pool hall scene, looking at everybody else. They cut the hooker in the guy scene, the guy with the hairnet that tries to oh. set up Tony with the local thugs. They cut it to where he's already standing when Tony comes to the door rather than sitting on the bed with the the lady in the bedroom. Uh, the fight with Beppe is cut shorter uh, where, where Tony and Beppe, uh, ha, you know, go mano y mano and, and Luigi's like, you fucking kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, they cut out the whole singing bit with Luigi's girlfriend. You know, that awkward song talking about abortion and unpaid taxes? Yeah. I, <laughs> I I honestly could have done without that, too. It wasn't until I realized she was standing on a pedestal that I'm like, why is Big Bird staying in the middle of this club, like, singing? <laughs> she was singing, and I'm listening to the words, because she was singing in English, and I'm listening to the words like, oh, okay, it's a nightclub song. And then all of a sudden, she's singing about how uh, she still loves the person, even with the abortion and the unpaid tax, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, did she? I rewound it. I'm like, oh shit, no, she says that. She says abortion and unpaid tax. Italian crime movies are wild for this very reason. Like stuff like that is just put in. <laughs> I I want to see the Taylor Swift cover of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they also cut out uh, the whole section to where. We were talking about it just earlier. Beppe talking about how Luigi, he's talking to the gang after he talks to Manzari because Beppe is doing this deal with Manzari. And Manzari's like, yeah, okay, you can take over Luigi's stuff. I get cut. He's like, okay. Then Beppe has a group meeting with the whole gang going, yeah, Luigi's gone. I'm handling things for now. Manzari's looking to look past things if he takes over things. And everybody's just like, yeah, this is a bad deal. Who the who are you fooling? Anyway, that whole thing to where, you know, Napoli kind of sneaks into the meeting and then he sneaks out to call the guys on the phone. They cut from that. They cut from Beppe meeting with Manzari to uh, to Napoli on the phone talking about how he what? can't go back to the club. anywhere. Yeah, they cut that whole section out. Uh, and it, it, that boggled my mind. I'm like... Especially because that's the scene where Pepe essentially says to Napoli, like, you can't hang around here anymore. We're, yeah. We're, you know, your your business is no good here anymore. Um, 
wow <laughs> that, that's definitely a choice but yeah oh my God. so it was interesting to see what they cut also the go-go dancer that our topless go-go dancer dance they cut that short to where in the one we had uh tony and rick getting into a booth with the cigarette they cut that section out to where they just show up and then they see this the, the dancer and then they kind of head to the booth and then they cut away um so a lot of scenes they either trimmed or cut out completely it was really well oh uh napoli isn't hung as much because in the uh, rulers of the city, when the three thugs show up to his house looking for Tony, they make a noose and they're actually hanging Napoli when our guy does the old Wolverine through the window. Uh, and in the rulers of the city, in the Mr. Scarface version, they cut that scene to where it barely, he's not hanging there that long. Whereas in the Italian version, they do that for a bit to where he's actually struggling to where you think Napoli might die. <laughs> See, I'm glad he clarified, Mark, because when you said Napoli wasn't hung as much, I thought you meant they actually shrunk his dick. Well, no, no. They didn't have the technology back then to do that. Okay. This is an ILM. So. <laughs> Though the dubbing is hilarious. ILM stands for inches lost by the minute. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> the dubbing is hilarious, too, because comparing the two, like I said, watching them, especially if you watch them back to back, but I watched them next day but still remembered, the dialogue, what was translated in the subtitles versus what the dubbing said is much like, and we've talked about it before, Ian, the dubbing on the Return to the 36th Chamber, which is the only version we pretty much have, the, the bad English dubbing with the, and now the full 90%, you know, that type of bad dubbing. They have that here to where when the guy was fighting, the when Tony was fighting the thug in the stable uh, to get the money, very little lira if you look think about the money conversion but uh they're dancing around and he gets this whip out and he swigs this whip and he gets him um and he spins around and he's like oh who who do you could you know spin around at your age is the italian version that's how it translated in the subtitles I liked the dubbed version because you might be the maquis de sad but I don't swig like that yeah so good it's so good this whole movie it really I, deserves more it, I, I feel like more people should see it but i i don't know i feel like i feel like when people talk about italian movies in the 70s they talk more or, or b movies at least yeah. they talk more about horror movies they talk more about giallos and cannibal movies and you know uh like dario argento stuff like suspiria but nobody really talks about and you have a lot of those same directors, you know, Sergio Martino, Umberto Lenzi, all those guys that made all those Italian horror movies, they're all the same guys making these. They're just going from job to job. And um, it, it amazes because Lucio Fulci made a couple of these. Nobody ever talks about contraband, but everybody talks about, you know, obviously zombie and all, all that stuff. Nobody talks about, you know, uh, violent Naples from Umberto Lenzi, but everybody talks about... Um, Cannibal Ferox, you know, yeah. and these movies are, they're really good for the most part. Uh, who's the other? Ruggiero Diodato made uh, Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man, which is one of these movies. Great title, by the way. And it's another movie like this where it just has this awesome energy. And it's just well, like two rogue cops who are like, you know what? I'm tired of the mafia doing all this shit. We're just going to kill them all. And that's, it's just a good, they're just goofy fun. And nobody knows these movies. And it's such a shame. Because these movies deserve to actually be seen because they're so much fun. 
Well, I mean, that I've been doing a, a series for the last couple of years called Academia Giallo, where we look at Giallo films like every month. And a lot of the directors that you've named off, we've covered on the show. Um, but I, you know, my colleagues, I'm sure, because they're the ones who are kind of walking me through this education because it's a big blind spot for me. They probably know about all these things, but I have not really delved into this corner of things. This might be the first <clears throat> uh, Rulers of the City might be the first of its kind that I've seen, knowing now that there's these these great jolly directors out there making this kind of stuff. I feel like I've. I don't have time for it, but maybe in 2025, <laughs> I'm going to do some pair ups because that sounds like a, if, if there's more of this treasure trove out there, I need to know about it. Some of them kind of cross over into Jalo territory. Like, um, Oh my God. Oh, what's it called? Shadows in the dark. I think is the title of it. That kind of crosses into being kind of a Jalo, but uh, the subgenre is called uh Polizio Teshi, which means, you know, it's just cop movies basically. And uh, they'll they'll often be like actors like Franco Nero, Maurizio Merrily, mm. who are just playing like these these tough rogue cops who are just like I am tired of the crime in Rome, and I'm just gonna go kill everybody on the street. That's Death Wish three before Death Wish three existed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and and you're right about the energy. I'm like, by the end of it, I'm looking at this going, this has got to be one of the first like upbeat gangster films that I've ever watched in my life because our three <laughs> principal guys yes spoiler room folks our three principal guys live at the end not only do they live but they're smiling and they're hopping in their car and you get some happy fun music going on after they've just annihilated this this mid-tier yeah. gang and i just i'm like i'm here for it <laughs> yeah these well, movies these movies are great. I, I love them. I'm glad you guys are discovering them now. <laughs> well, the the other thing that to consider about that that happy ending mark is like they have they, they kind of discover well they've they've wiped out Scarface's gang. The, it's they're certainly not the only game game in town, but they very well could have set up their own shop to become a new criminal underworld organization. They've certainly proven their bona fides, but no, they just want to go hang out in Brazil. There's not this. A lesser movie would have been like, now we've risen to the top and you know, power has corrupted all of us. But no, they're just going to go three dudes going down to Brazil to hang out on the beach. <laughs> well, and it's all fine. And it, it's all <laughs> fine. And not only that, there's this wonderful little gimmick they do because Tony's like, we're going to go to Brazil with the money because he's got a cousin down there who's made a ton of money. He's rich down there. We could go down there with our rich money and we'll just live like kings. And then some at some point during the course of the film, <laughs> he mentions this at the end. Oh, yeah, my rich cousin. Yeah, he lost all of his money, like, at the track or something recently, and now he's cleaning toilets. And Napoli's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's okay. With our money, we can go down and help him. Yeah, let's go to Brazil! And they all get in their car, and they head out to Brazil. They're like, I we just took out the underground underbelly gang of of this neighborhood and now we're going to brazil i would watch an entire series of these three guys going country to country just like having these criminal underworld misadventures oh. well there's such a there's such a great play between them because rick like you said when we're introduced to him in that he's a little more serious he doesn't play it like melancholy serious but he's a little bit more straight tony is like yeah, I'm the ladies' man. I can get whatever way. And Napoli, you know, we're not sure, you know, 
who he is outside of being an OG gangster that seems to just be enjoying the sweet life and just trying to, you know, retire alive. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there's a great dynamic between these three, and they're they're wonderful. Even during this this gunfight with uh, Manzari's with Scarface's gang at the end, which I've got to mention, wonderful death. There, there's a guy. There's two great. Uh, fun kills in here. I know that sounds sick, but still, there's one to where Tony's running with a shotgun, and this other guy's running through the warehouse, and he gets and he busts through the door just as Tony's there. And Tony's just like, "Oh, bam!" and just, just kills the guy. And the other one is the guy who he he's hiding out in this like slaughterhouse where there's hanging hooks. and and he gets up to take a shot, and he gets shot, and we cut away. And we see him fall, and we cut away. And then we come back. Napoli runs across him later, hanging from the meat. <laughs> these, it, like, it's, these movies are wild, man. The kills in these things are great. Um, they're, 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 well, it's just real quick. This reminded me also of uh, RoboCop. You know, yeah. that was the 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 kind of the was the power plant or whatever on the outskirts mm-hmm. of Detroit, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. kind of bookended. And the, when I saw the, the, the slaughterhouse set piece, I'm like, oh, this is this is RoboCop, you know, uh, 11 years earlier or whatever. Yeah. 11 years before RoboCop was made. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. sorry, Joe, I, I cut you off. Well, I was I was going to say just the kills in these things are always just a lot of fun. Like there, there's one where like John Saxon in one of these movies is a crime, a crime boss. Somebody pisses him off. So he ties him to the end of a fucking uh, gutter in a bowling alley and they just start bowling at him. <laughs> the movies are wild. There's one where he strings a guy and John Saxon again has a guy strung up upside down and he's just like wailing golf balls into him. <laughs> these movies are insane. You need, if you haven't seen enough of these movies, you need to see them and, uh, Mr. Scarface is easy easy to find because it's on like yeah. every public domain box set ever made. Apparently, i i checked uh, I checked um, uh, my movies today, and I have apparently six copies of it <laughs> on, var- on various various box uh, box yeah. sets. But uh, the Raro Video one on the Fernando De Leo box it's the best one. And you could find uh, at least the ninety three minute and the eighty nine minute version on YouTube. Yeah, uh, there's a number of them well, great transfers there. too. I mean, these yeah, look really sharp. Uh, although I gotta say, uh, Joe. Because I think on Amazon or one of the, I saw that box art that you just held up, and it's got Jack Palance shooting machine gun or Tommy gun. That never happens in this. <laughs> no, that never happens either. No. <laughs> no, the only time we ever Not in any version. The only time we ever see Mister Scarface hold anything <laughs> other than a cigarette holder in his fingers is in the opening when he shoots the dad. Other than that, he he never has a gun or does anything. Speaking uh, no. of cigarette holders, he. That thing does not fall out of his mouth. He gets shot like eight times at the end, and he even dies in the close-up with it clenched in his teeth. Oh, so good! It, it kind of reminded me of that one scene that went viral from like uh, from like an old Bollywood movie where the guy keeps getting shot and he keeps screaming again and like uh, falling up against the wall. Then he gets shot again. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Well, I gotta say, Jack Palance has one of the all-time great movie faces, and one of the rare faces that. Uh, Mort Drucker, the Mad Magazine uh, caricature artist, I remember his drawings of Jack Palance in the 1989 Batman parody. 
Jack Palance's face looks exactly like the cartoon version of his own face. It's beautiful. <laughs> He's he, he so a distinct. very distinct face. He, yeah. He has a wonderfully oh. distinct actually, face. Oh, I, I wonder, Mark, since you knew Robert Zadar, you interviewed him. Uh, I wonder if he ever told you his Jack Palance story. No, I know. He, 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 he told me he told me his Kurt Russell story and a couple others, but I don't think he told me his Jack Palance story. <laughs> so apparently when they were shooting Tango and Cash, when they were on their meal break, they were in like a they were in like a diner or something that was closed down and the whole place had like mirrored uh mirrored walls. And Palance, you know, he's apparently even back then was kind of an intimidating guy. So he's sitting in a corner up against the wall. Like he's not every everything is behind him. He's looking towards the wall and he's sitting there eating. And I guess they were ribbing this poor PA who was like, Oh my god, that's Jack Palance. I love Jack Palance. I'd love to go talk to him. And Robert Zadar and Stallone and everyone were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go talk to him. <laughs> so he goes over while Palance is eating, and he I guess he didn't like to be disturbed. <laughs> but oh, no. uh the, the kid comes up behind him and uh he, he's like you know, excuse me, Mr. Palazin, from what Zadar told me, Palance doesn't turn around and look at the kid. He looks at the kid through the mirror. He just kind of looks up as he's eating. And the kid's like already getting intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Palance, I am your biggest fan. I, I've seen every single one of your movies. And he goes, yeah, name them. And the kid's, the kid just like stands dead. He's like, Excuse me? And Palance gets up, and he was a tall dude. He gets this is when he finally gets up. He turns around, he looks at the kid, and goes, You said you've seen all my movies. Name them. <laughs> and Zadar said that kid must have shit himself. <laughs> I imagine. Wow. I know I would. Yeah, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm good. I would start with Mr. Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Oh man. <laughs> But and yeah. then now that I think of it, Bat Batman, the 89 Batman kind of did the whole little Caesar yeah. criminal who's coming up. And Jack Palance is on that end of it there. He, yeah. He's Carl Grisham. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it all <laughs> seems to come around. It all seems to come back around. It all seems to come back around. Oh, man. I am so glad I discovered this film because I was like, oh, crap. I got five weeks to fill in January. Maybe I should take a break. And then I ran across this. And I am so glad I did. It is a gem. This it is, is a hidden gem that like nobody knows about. The the thing is, for the type of movie it is, people do not avoid this because it's got a solid story. It's got fun characters. It it's got a beginning, middle, and the end. And for the most part, depending on which cut you watch, it's very coherent. Like one difference I noticed as well between the and I think it's the difference between uh, because of the dubbing versus subtitles is that when Rick is finally just gets his revenge and this scene isn't drawn out in the U S like North America, they draw it out to where they'd be exchanging and the sweat would be pouring, you know, and he'd be twitching. Nah, nah. Scarface shows up. He gets the right position. Rick just pulls that gun out, takes out his guard. What's funny is in, and I don't think it was in the subtitles. They, they don't give him a line at all. When Rick is facing Scarface with the gun in the Mr. Scarface version, he actually says, wait, wait, all right, I, you know, I'm all for doing the drug deal. Can we still do the drug deal? 
He says that before he gets shot in the <laughs> in the Mr. Scarface version. And there's no subtitle, I remember. I might be misremembering, but I don't think there was any subtitle of him pleading to, uh, asking, because he's still confused who this person is. Uh, you know, are we going to still do the drug deal? And, and in the Italian version, I, he doesn't say anything at all. Rick just shoots him. And, and I don't think they, they subtitle him at all. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a brutal scene because it, everything is brought around back around for the audience but it's unclear if you know how aware mr scarface is right. of this because he certainly as we've established doesn't look anything like he did at, at the end <laughs> he might have figured it out because he rec would have recognized the building and the room right. but it's not completely you know spoon-fed to us uh not that it needs to be because we already know but it's not under it's not underscored with like sharpie marker in the screenplay right. which i appreciated and i also appreciate as we mentioned that that's not the end of the movie you kind of think it is <laughs> but no they still have to get out of this situation where there's like 20 guys running around versus three um yeah it's it's really i still I, this is gonna be a puzzlement to me yeah. i don't know why outside of tarantino who he's he's especially in the past he's had a habit of name dropping obscure films and interviews like oh yeah rules of the city you know but he, he's got such a rat-a-tat thing that there's no follow-up like oh tell me what that's about or like why is that movie important to you what is it um yeah nobody I feel like this movie that. right i mean people people should know about this movie they should. um and so many more <laughs> but yeah that, that's that's why I as soon as i saw i was like mr so i'm jumping at the opportunity to come talk about this movie because nobody ever talks about it and it's severely underrated it is. I agree. And, and I think that good good way to sum it up for this evening is that, yeah, it is underrated. It has your, depending on which cut you have, it has a few more exploitation moments than some others. Uh, the go-go scene is a little longer. Uh, the, the scene leers a little longer with the our two heroes and three ladies in the bed. Uh, <laughs> it's an Italian movie. Of course Italian it's going to do that. But... <laughs> I think all of us would recommend this film. This film is so much fun. It's breezy. We've gushing about it for an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we've been gushing about it for an hour, but it's also, you know, from the 70s, for the 70s, this film is a breezy watch, too. This film just moves, regardless of which cut you watch. It moves. It. I'm like, <clears throat> Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna throw it on the gauntlet. This is the first movie I've seen of 2024. I watched it four hours into the new year. I'm gonna say everybody out there who loves movies, uh, I forbid you from watching any <laughs> new 2024 release until you've watched uh, Rulers of the City, aka Mr. Scarface, because this is the bar. Like you got to measure everything you're gonna watch this year against this film. If it's not at least as good or imaginative, it's not worth your time. If, if you don't think you can make a fun gangster movie that isn't like a completely satirical type of ha-ha, top-secret type of movie, you're wrong. Watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> and I think that we'll wrap it up here. So I hope you folks have enjoyed this discussion. We still didn't touch everything on this film, so you should still seek it out and watch it. Experience yeah. it for yourself because it is it is a blast. And, yeah. So now this is where I give my wonderful panel license to shill. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, our t folks who have tuned in tonight to our live uh, session. We've had at least four folks. I appreciate you quite a bit. And uh, Joe, go ahead first. License to shill is yours. 
Um, I, I'm on the, uh, the, liter- the Literary License podcast. Um, we uh, just posted our episode covering uh, two Christmas movies, uh, Tales from the Crypt from 1972 um, and A Christmas Horror Story, which both are very, very good. I grew up on the 72 Tales from the Crypt, so I love that one. Um, Christmas Horror Story is a fun movie. Christmas yeah. Horror Story is very good, too, and uh, I was surprised at how much I liked that one. I, I d- didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. Um, and Tales from the Crypt, I'm just gushing about uh, <laughs> with, with the co-host for, for quite a bit. And we talk about, you know, everything that, that went into that Peter Cushing's uh, Peter Cushing losing his wife right before he made this movie. And then having this storyline with the, the guy who's uh, uh, mourning his dead wife, who's now yeah. being bullied um and of course all the other you know the other stories too but that's the one that always stood out to me um um yeah i'm i'm you know what what am i a transcriber on the last drive-in which is why i put that there so like you know i i love working that that's my favorite job (laughs) favorite job i've ever had um uh is there anything else i'm doing i'm gonna try to be back for scarface next week if i'm not working monday night so i will I will try to be here for that. I, I, as soon as Mark said uh, uh, pre-code, I was like, "I man, I love pre-code movies." <laughs> I have all these uh, these Warner box sets of like the Forbidden Hollywood box sets, and I have the Universal one too. And I'm like, "Let's just go through these. Let's excuse me, just to watch them." Awesome. Uh, otherwise, they might just sit there collecting dust forever, and I, I don't want that either. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, uh, that's about it. Um, if you like, if you check this out, and you do like it. I suggest grabbing the Fernando de Leo box set that uh, Rulers of the City is on because uh, that's got a bunch of his movies and they, they are all all fantastic. If you want to look into them, Almost Human is another great one of these uh, with uh, Thomas Milian. Uh, what else? Let me look at my shelf. I got all my Italian directors like together. So the Policio Teshis are mixed in with horror and whatever else. Um, Mob Boss with Telly Savalas is fun. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of these things, man. Just go check them out. John Saxon's in a bunch of them playing crime worlds <laughs> of different varying degrees, and they're all a bunch of fun. From Corleone to Brooklyn, uh, uh, Rome Arm to the Teeth, all that stuff. So go check those out. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. I, I'm shilling stuff that isn't my own because I'm just shilling <laughs> stuff that I love. <laughs> Does Saxon have his shirt off in any of those? Most likely in yeah. all of them. Okay. Yeah, it's Saxon. It's 70 Saxon. So you wasn't even ripped. It was just a dad bod, but yeah. that was that's what was in back then. His hairy chest sticking out of like, <laughs> sticking out of a polo shirt. Yeah, you know, all that there stuff. Yeah. That kind of gangster. Horn mustache. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh. The whole nine yards. <laughs> complete the complete package. And Ian, as always, license to shill is yours now, sir. Uh, well, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com and also on YouTube if you look up Kicking the Seat. Uh, Joe, it's funny. I uh, also do another monthly series called Beyond Hammerland, and we covered Tales from the Crypt uh, a few months ago. That was the first time I'd ever seen that movie, and that was another one where I'm like, where has this been all my life? Um, you know, growing up on the HBO series, like I thought that's what Tales from the Crypt was, but that, oh, I'll, again, it's perfect. Film. I, that, that, that Peter Cushing sequence, uh, that, that story breaks your heart. It does. Uh, when yeah. we were talking about it last week, it seemed everybody, everybody was like talking about th- there's three segments that are like five out of five. And then there's a couple that are just okay. But those three are so good. And all it's, and all through the house, blind alleys and uh, poetic justice, hmm. w- uh, you know, 
fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. But yeah, watch Tales from the Crypt too. It's a great movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure it's streaming um, somewhere. Probably, but it's also one that, I, much like this movie, which I'm going to look up that uh, that box set. Uh, that's something you should own and, and revisit. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's all my stuff. I think. Um, yeah, lots of things to look forward to in 2024. Uh, hopefully, some of them involving sleep because I'm short on that. <laughs> Happy <laughs> New Year. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> and yes, for specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. You get links to the TikTok, the YouTubes, the all, all the stuff, Instagrams. You get my interviews and that. Uh, yeah, the 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 clock has reset to zero. The counters have reset to zero again. We had a wonderful 2023. I I made a video or two. During that time, uh, plenty more to come, hopefully. And man, uh, I think we're in for a wild ride this year looking at a lot of these movies. Uh, and Scarface, this this month's going to be crazy. And as Joe alluded to, yes, next week will be our first rated PC for pre-code special where we're looking at the 1932 version of Scarface. And then if that's not enough... After that, we will be looking at the 1983 version of Scarface to compare the two. And then we have Captain Scarface, and we'll be rounding it off with Lady Scarface. Because it's Scarred Faces Month, folks. So you're going to want to keep it here because we got a whole lot of crime films to talk about. And uh, thank you for taking this journey with me, gentlemen. And now, until next time, folks, stay safe, have fun, and we'll just say a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, everyone. Looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content. Hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast. You can also get access to an exclusive VIP episode that you vote on that's especially for you, or get early access to all our videos on YouTube, plus more. So check it out there, folks. And the more you do there, the more we can do here. And remember, with the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.